what if you build it in in unlike um, Field of Dreams, they don't come. But the difference, Bill, between the Edsel in the 1950s, 40s, whenever that was, 50s, yeah, and and the EV of today is. In the 1950s, it would never have occurred to the Eisenhower administration to require drivers to... States wouldn't be passing laws saying all cars have to be EVs. The government is going to force it. It doesn't matter if you want it or not. Unlike the Edsel, if they force this whole thing on us, what choice are we going to have? Because we're certainly not going to vote for people that won't make us do that. I called in about EV vehicles, and uh, after I hung up, Mr. Bowman said, if the government wants to make you do something, they'll make you do something. I have to answer to that. No. No, they will not. This is Plausibly Live. One of the things that absolutely fascinates me, and I almost never talk about it, is religious cults. Now, I'm not sure exactly what it is that mostly fascinates with me. I think that it has to do with the fact that I'm fascinated by the motivations of people who do things. As a historian, I really don't care as much about what happened as, it, as why it happened. What were the people involved doing that caused them to conclude that this was the way to do things? What do I mean? Um, a good example is my great-grandfather. My great-grandfather, who I have talked about at great length, uh, was a Union Cavalry Trooper during the Civil War. He was from the southernmost county of Arkansas. And I would like to sit down with him and look him in the eye and say, okay, why? Now, don't get me wrong, I agree with him. He did the right thing. And I have some indications of why he did it. But from him himself, I have nothing. He was illiterate. He didn't write anything down. As far as I know, there are no family legends as to why he went. There are books about these men from Arkansas who did this, called one of which is called Arkansas's Damned Yankees, which does explain the general idea. But what convinced him specifically to do that? That's the kinds of things that fascinate me. And when it comes to cults, particularly religious cults, you're dealing with people who are motivated by something. And the question then becomes, what is that motivation? What is it that caused you to sit down and think to yourself, this thing, which makes no sense to anyone else, is the right thing. Now, Part of that comes from my upbringing. Um, part of that comes from just general interest. A lot of it comes from watching documentaries. Um, there are documentaries galore about cults um, that you can watch. But you look at these cults, you look at these people, and you wonder, what is it that motivated you? What is it that convinced you to do what this clearly to everyone else crazy person told you to do or asked you to do. You, you look at Jim Jones and the People's Temple, and you, you, of course, know the story of what happened in Guyana, but how many of you know the story of how they got to Guyana and what happened to uproot them from there where they started in San Francisco to move to Guyana? 
because I submit to you that as crazy as it was to get 900 people to drink the Kool-Aid, the way he got them there to begin with is every bit as crazy, every bit as delusional, every bit as cultish as anything else. I watched another one over the last uh, week or two about a gal in Tennessee, Gwen Shamblin Laura. I had never even heard of her, which is weird to me because I usually have a pretty good antenna for these things. Uh, this is the gal that started the Way Down. W-E-I-G-H. This is a quote-unquote Christian weight loss system. And this devolved into what was now known as the Remnant Fellowship. And her dictatorial control over this whole thing was just bizarre. And of course, people to this day still follow her. Uh, she's dead. But they still see what she was doing as legit. And most people standing outside of it would go, that doesn't make any sense. Certainly Christian, mainline Christianity rejected her because she rejected mainline Christian teachings, although she said she didn't. So, you know, but people followed her. It was weird. I guess the master of all of this is uh, L. Ron Hubbard, Church of Scientology. And I, I've watched documentaries on Scientology, but I think the best thing I've ever watched about Scientology, and it's a dramatic movie, it's not a documentary, but if you know the story of, of L. Ron Hubbard and you know the story of Scientology, the film The Master, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, is just incredible. And it's just a, it's not even a cautionary tale, it is a blow-by-blow blow account of how you take someone who is looking for something, convince them that you have what they need, what they want, convince them that you have the way, and get them to follow you. It was It's bizarre. It's a, it's a very adult-themed movie. I don't, most of you probably wouldn't like it, but, but I thought it was a brilliant film and a strange film. But these ideas of cults, particularly when it comes to religion, getting people to believe that the leader speaks for God is, it seems strange to us, but at the same time, it's almost perfectly normal, isn't it? This is what people want. People want guidance. I know we say we don't. We say we want to be independent. We say we want to be on our own. But reality is, that's not what we corporately want. We want to be told what to do and how to do it. And this is what a cult does. It compels people to do things that maybe they don't want to do. It does them by convincing them that what, whatever we want you to do is for the greater good. Um, if you do this thing, things will get better. Jesus will come back. Um, you know, people will be happier. You'll be richer. All of these things that intellectually you probably know are not true, but you want to believe them. It's Mueller, you know, Fox Mueller. I want to believe. Sometimes they convince them that this is the will of the deity, whichever deity it might be. It tends to lean into Christian theology, but 
with the will of the deity, or the deity is speaking through the leader. This is what many of them claim. I am speaking for God. God speaks through me. God speaks to me. And so, how dare you question what God has said to us? What's best for the group is what God has passed down to me to pass on to you. Now, all that plays into my mind because of a question this week about whether or not the government, at any level, city, county, state, federal, just call it the government, can control things and force you to do things that intellectually you might not want to do, but you do them anyway, much like a cult member would do. Now, the context of this was electric vehicles, and there was a discussion with with Bill on Tuesday about EVs and, and how nobody wants these. But the difference is, this isn't the 1950s anymore. This isn't, this isn't the Edsel. The EV is not an Edsel in the sense that it's a well-designed car that people just didn't want. This isn't a marketing thing. This is something that the government has decided is best for you. This is what they have said. And they are starting to maneuver in ways that make it clear that you will buy an EV. Whether it's your state saying, we're not going to sell gasoline-powered cars anymore. Or more subtle things like gasoline prices becoming literally unaffordable. Or controlled access for vehicles. You can't drive a non-electric vehicle in this area. Those sorts of things. We had a caller to the show who got upset with me. Upset enough that he called back the next day because what I said was, if the government wants to force you to do something, they're going to force you to do it. And the way they're going to do that is by limiting your choices for alternatives. Uh, Do I like that? I think I made it clear I don't like that, but this is where we're headed. It's very cultish in a way, but the, the caller was sufficiently upset that he called back on White Open Wednesday to insist that he would not comply. He would never be forced by the government to do that. Now, I get the, I get the emotion. I get the, the sentiment. None of us wants to be forced by the government to do what we don't want to do. The very purpose, though, for what government exists is because if we don't have some government, then you end up with a situation like we had in the book of Judges where every man does what's right in his own eyes. You can't have that. If, if every man does what's right in his own eyes, you don't have a society. So there has to be some unity in the society, hence government, hence the, the very foundation of the word freedom. If you go back far enough in the, in the high German, this idea of unity of a society, this idea that you can't have everyone doing what's right in their own eyes. There has to be some organization to it. And so government becomes that source of, of organization. Now, how government enforces that organization is really what's the question. Can the government force you to buy an EV? Well, they're trying to force you to not buy a, a gas stove. The interesting thing to me is that the caller, I'm sure, hung up the phone after he was done saying, 
what he wasn't going to do. He went and got in his car, which he had purchased, which, by the way, meets government-established emission standards, which he probably doesn't agree with. He put on his seatbelt because there's a law saying that you have to wear a seatbelt in your private vehicle. He drove on the streets, which are maintained by the government, at the mandated speed limit, which, you know, if you've been around me long enough, you know I don't like, where he went to his job, where he worked to pay 20% of what he would make to the government. Does he want to do that? Is he being forced to do it? He paid sales tax on anything he bought that day, presumably. If he lives here, he does. Then he came home, which he pays taxes for. Even if you rent, you pay taxes. You pay property taxes for the, for the owner. And then he turned on the lights, which uh, in some places have federally mandated light bulbs. And so on and so on. You can say, I will never do that. I won't do that. But it doesn't really fly in the face of reality, does it? The truth is that government will force you and me to accept EVs. That is the goal of the government. And as I said on the show, unless we're willing to vote for people who won't do that, and we're not, it's coming. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week or even next year. Might not even be in the next administration, but write this down in stone. It's coming. And just like that is coming, there is almost always a moment in cults when the followers wake up. In 1776, we woke up. The Declaration of Independence contains these words. Most people never read them. Mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. And in the end, at the end of the day, is the EV really suffering for us? Is it, is it really a horrible suffering to be told, this is what's available, an EV? I mean, marketers do it all the time. You know, I, when I bought the Colorado, I wanted to buy an S10, but they didn't make them anymore. Was that a suffering? When the EV is all that's available, is that going to be a suffering for us as a society? If most of us don't see it that way, if most of us have been captured by the cult being told the EV is the way to go, it's, it's best for the environment, it's to get rid of the oil, it's whatever reason you want to put in there. And if the majority of us believe those things, as a society, are we truly suffering? And until it is unsufferable, believe me when I tell you this, no matter how much you yell at me that it's not true, the cult of government will force you to obey. Obey.